Well, this is called Why We Stayed. If you're here, stay. Well, welcome back to the Why We Stayed podcast. Uh, Man, this is, and again, I'm just kind of revealing the truth to everybody that's listening, but this is the second time in my short podcast history that I've actually recorded a podcast in my vehicle. That is that is correct. I am in my car, and the last time I did this, I had to turn the AC off because it was a very, very hot day. And so, again, if, if uh, during this interview, if you guys hear maybe uh, me just become completely silent, it's either that I've passed out or that it's just an editing error. But anyway, uh, I want to take a moment to uh, kind of introduce my next guest here today. I am on the podcast today. We have a professional in his field. Uh, we have someone who is not just sharing opinion, but but someone that's going to really have a chance to kind of open up uh, some really, really deep and, and, and good topics regarding mental health, regarding uh, the church, regarding uh, you know young people specifically. And man, just so excited uh, to welcome our next guest to the podcast. Can you guys make some noise in your car, in your coffee shop, wherever you are? Let's welcome Robert Vore to the podcast. Robert, how are you? I'm I'm good. I uh, you know you're you you pumped me up a little bit there, which is you know that's fine. Uh, but I'm just picturing people in a coffee shop just starting to shout wildly and uh, getting some getting some <laughs> looks. So that's amazing. I in fact I hope that that happens. I yeah. Well anyway, we'll we'll uh, if if. <laughs> If not, we can maybe post-produce, throw something in here, some sort of cheer or something. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, Robert, why don't you give us a little bit of a background? I'm sure some people listening now know a little bit about your story, but maybe those kind of in my camp, they may not know as much about uh, where you're from, what you do. Maybe just give us a quick rundown. Yeah, well, I mean, for starters, thanks for having me on. You know, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I guess, you yeah, know, man. kind of a, a quick you know, the Sparknotes version of, of me and my story. I, I currently live in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, and I'm a counselor, a mental health counselor. Uh, I work primarily with adolescents and young adults, so kind of 12 to 30-ish in that range. Uh, and I also do suicide prevention trainings, things along those lines. Uh, but, you know, growing up, I grew up in the church and uh, struggled a lot with depression and uh, some, you know, anxious symptoms, uh, particularly suicidal thoughts, you know, had, had a lot of that going on and found that, uh, I didn't know where to turn with, with any of that really. Uh, and then, you know, as I moved throughout, uh, I, I, I hear from a lot of people that say, you know, I, I tried to talk about these things in church and I was, I was told that I wasn't allowed to, or things like that. That's not, that's not the experience I had. I just, I wasn't told that I could, you know, to be honest. And so, uh, you know, survived a lot of that, uh, through a, a variety of things, counseling and Jesus and friends and community and, and all sorts of things, but found myself working in ministries and serving in churches, you know, throughout college. And after that, where, uh, people knew that I had kind of this heart and this passion for mental health, even though that wasn't the, what I studied in my undergrad or anything. And so pretty often people would come to me on staff at, at ministries or whatever and say, you know, someone came to me and they were talking about uh, depression or, or they, tell, they told me about self-injury. What do I do? Right. And so the, the response seemed to be, hey, we want to help here. We just have kind of no idea what to do. Uh, and so, you know, as I moved through, I worked in college ministry for a number of years, uh, and I, I kind of landed on this idea of how do we help faith leaders or, or people that are leaders in faith communities and ministries and churches, how do we help them 
know what to do there, you know, uh, not to train them to be counselors per se. And obviously that's what I went on to do, but how do we help equip them for those conversations and then help bridge that gap a little bit? And so, uh, that's, that's a lot of kind of what I do now outside of my counseling room is trainings and, and things like that. Wow. Robert, that is, that is so encouraging, man. I think, uh, again, you said thanks for having you on the podcast. Thank you for not just being on the podcast, but for seeing something that was in your own life that really started as a need in your own life and turned into a passion to, you know, really share with others how to continue to progress and to move through life. And man, thank you. You know, thank you for, for making that decision. And, you know, for, for those listening, maybe that don't know a bunch of my story, I, I was in youth ministry for 10 years, eight of those on staff. And I got to tell you, man, seeing young kids and again, hearing specifically the, the age groups that you work with. I mean, those, those are age groups that I've certainly been accustomed to over the years. And I got to tell you, as, as social media continues to grow and as kids are, you know, getting phones in their hands as early as, I don't know, seven, eight years old nowadays. Uh, I mean, little, little kids with their iPads at, you know, a year and a half or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I think it's, yeah, yeah. we are, we just have more, we have more opportunity, of course, to, to begin to compare ourselves, to begin to, you know, just kind of go down some of those, some of those routes and those roads that ultimately could lead us to a place of just not being satisfied with where we are or with what we have or, uh, you know, what, what have you. And, and again, I think, my experience with young people is that uh, the church really has no choice uh, when it comes to this topic. You know what I mean? I mean, this is not. Yeah. yeah. This is not like, well, hey, hey, if you're if you're a church leader listening, uh, you might want to study this. Uh, you don't have to, but you might want to. Uh, what would you say to that? I mean, it it seems like the church should definitely. Uh, be studying up on mental health. No, I think you're absolutely right that that there kind of is no option at this point, right? I mean, we know uh, as far as adults, it's you know somewhere in the range of one in five adults is going to encounter kind of a mental health, some bigger thing per year. And uh, adolescents, we see similar rates of, of things, but uh, kind of more pressingly, I'll say, and that's not to downplay anything later in life, but we know that, you know, the the more, uh, the less treatment or anything that you get as an adolescent for the beginnings of, you know, uh, anxious symptoms or depressive symptoms, uh, the more likely it is that those are going to extend into your adult life and things like that. So, I mean, and, and everybody I'm sure has read multiple articles recently on uh, suicide rates or anxiety rates or depression rates or, you know, all sorts of things like that in our adolescents, our teens, our college students, right? So I think, uh, you know, we're kind of at a point and maybe we always were, but now we're just aware of it. Uh, but at least now we're at a point where I don't know how you can work in some kind of relational capacity, particularly ministry, where people come with their problems and say, well, I'm just kind of not going to touch this area because people are bringing it to you whether you want them to or not, you know? Yeah. Well, let me, so let me ask this, right? You, the, the way you worded it, I thought was so great because you, you essentially said, I don't know how you could work in a relational capacity or relational job, whether you're a teacher or you work at a church or, you know, whatever that looks like. How in the world could you possibly say, hey, we know they're coming here with their problems, but hey, we can offer you good music. We can offer you an encouraging message, but man, we, we really can't do much about what you're going through. And I think, yeah. again, the way that you shared that is, you know, again, there really is no choice. And as, as you were speaking, I just was considering what if there is a young person listening today 
that did actually get that kind of church experience? Like what if, what if they do have uh, depression? What if they do and have had and maybe continue to have suicidal thoughts and they went and, and got the courage? Because side note, it takes so much courage to actually go and share that with someone. Yeah. Like, like if, if you're listening and if you shared that with someone and if the response that you got was, I'm sorry that that's happening, but I'm not sure what to tell you. Or if you got some sort of response where you chose to be vulnerable, you, you, you chose to share perhaps some of the most dark and difficult, you know, windows into your soul, man, I just, first off, I want to say sorry. But then second off, Robert, I would love for you to maybe share what advice might you give someone that did have that difficult experience despite their vulnerable expression? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as advice, I don't, I, I would say, I, I mean, I would echo what you said, right? That I'm so sorry that that's the response that you have because it does take, it, it is such a, a courageous step to say, hey, these things are hard and they're painful and I don't know the response I'm going to get, but I'm going to share it anyway, right? Because you're taking that risk of somebody uh, kind of doubling down on your pain and, and saying somehow that it's your fault or that, you know, you, you shouldn't talk about that or things like that. Uh, and so I would say, you know, uh, props to you for being willing to do that. Right. Uh, now, if that didn't go, uh, if it, if it went in a negative direction, if it went in a way that wasn't helpful and, and either didn't help or maybe even worsened your pain, I do, I mean, I do want to say, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, you know, I think, most people listening probably know what it's like to share something that they were hoping would be a, a good experience that they would invite somebody into a place of their pain and to have that not, not go well, to have somebody handle that not, not well. Right. And so, um, but I, I will say that there are places to share those things that are safe, that people know how to, to handle that with soft hands and to not give up on that, to not take that experience and say, okay, well, I'm going to, uh, you know, kind of extrapolate that out. And therefore I can never tell anybody about this because I think that's the route that we tend to go, which is a, it's a mechanism of how can I keep myself safe, right? If the only time I've ever shared this thing, it got thrown back in my face, then it's very easy to, to roll that into, well, then I'm just not going to share that. But I think what we have to do is try to find those spaces that are safe to then unpack that and share that uh, with somebody who's going to know kind of how to handle that. And that that is kind of where, you know, where my goal and hope is, is how do we teach people how to handle that better uh, so that they don't have that experience that you're talking about? So good, man. So, so good. And again, I hope that that's freeing for people listening. I know even for my own life, the amount of reward of just going to counseling and having a chance to share and to open up and to not be scared and to feel like there's no ulterior motive that that person on the other end of that room is is going to somehow leverage against you or do something to you and man again I, I i cannot reiterate what you're saying enough i think that is so so powerful and you know one of the questions that i feel like i used to get in youth ministry all the time that for younger people is people really ask the question or maybe didn't ask it but thought it and maybe people listening still feel this is it possible to beat like quote unquote beat anxiety or to overcome depression or uh, if I had suicidal thoughts when I was you know 15 is it possible when I'm 25 
and for the rest of my life that I'll no longer have those thoughts. Again, I know this is a very deep and, and certainly yeah. every situation is different, but man, what, what a, uh, again, not to answer my own question, but what a terrible thing for someone to say, Hey, you can never overcome it. You'll never beat it. It is what it is. Deal with it. So that's, that's option one a, uh, but then the other end of the spectrum is, is almost just as painful. And, and, and that is, yes, you can overcome it. You've got to pray harder. You've got to worship louder. You've got to read your Bible every day. Well, what if I do those things and I still have these thoughts? What if I do all the Christian behavior, right? But every night when I lay my head at rest, I just have these anxiety attacks because I don't know how I'm going to process my next day. What, what yeah. would you say, Robert, to kind of those thoughts of, is it possible to overcome uh, these kind of mental health hurdles? Yeah, you know, I would say that there does, it does seem like it's often presented as this dichotomy, right? And so either you should be able to instantly fix something through just faith or something like that, or, uh, you know, it's kind of just part of you that is there forever. And I think that's a false dichotomy. I would say, yes, that it's possible to come through on the other side of things. Uh, I speak from kind of my own experience, right, of going through a lot of depression. And that doesn't mean that I am perfectly healthy all the time now because that's that's unrealistic as well but i do think you know i, I no longer would say hey i i have depression right I, I i wouldn't give myself kind of that diagnosis if you will uh now do i identify in myself kind of some depressive tendencies sure but i think you know the way we think about a lot of other things in terms of health right if you are unhealthy we don't say okay well either you're completely healthy from now on or you'll just always be unhealthy right that's not what we say uh, there's there's a spectrum there and i think you know moving through things and and recognizing as you can move towards being healthier and being more whole and being free from some of these things uh, doesn't mean that that should be an instant or an easy thing right uh, learning how to change our thoughts and there is obviously a, a pretty strong biological component to a lot of this so when we separate physical health and mental health uh, that's kind of a again kind of a false barrier we've put up but you know there are ways that your your brain can, your brain is consistently rewiring itself, which is one of the things that gives me the most hope out of a lot of things that I know about kind of the body and mental health, right, is that we can change the way that we naturally tend to approach situations or to, uh, to think about things. But it does take a long time, particularly if you've been doing things the same way for a long time. And, and so this idea that it's going to be an instant fix is unrealistic. Uh, but this idea that you uh, will always have this whole diagnosis or whatever it is, I think that's not that's that's not realistic to me. But that's also not very hopeful, right? Because that says, right. okay, well then I'm just going to sit in it and kind of give up on all hope of moving. And I think there's a journey to be had that takes a lot of steps and a long walk. But that doesn't mean, you know, that you can't be moving. So great, man. Again, I feel like every single response that <laughs> every time you're done, I go, wow, like I'm sitting here wishing <laughs> I could take notes. This is, this is so powerful, man. I, literally, as you're speaking, I'm like this morning, uh, we're recording this on, on a Tuesday. I don't know exactly when it'll post, but, um, this is my second morning where I woke up at, you know, 5 30 AM and I went to the gym with, with one of my good buddies. And as you're speaking, I'm like, I'm on day two. I just had a nice protein rich lunch. Everything's good. But yesterday I had Burger King for lunch. Right. So, yeah. so, so it's like, I can, I can do the, the activity of working out in the morning, 
but there's also this health decision where what am I going to consume? What am I going to eat? What am I going to, what am I going to do based on the fact that I, you know, did go to the gym and I, and I am trying to make these better conscious decisions for my health. And again, just as you were talking, it's like, I'm, I'm just thinking through again, even the phrase mental health. It's like the brain is a part of the body just, just as you know, anything else is and it needs, you know, to continue to uh, consume properly and also to continue to train and to focus and to continue to improve in a healthy way every single day. And I, I love that, man. I think the cool thing, maybe for those listening that don't know you, not only are you a counselor, but you have an incredible podcast that obviously brings together uh, all of what we're talking about here today. And of course, a, a vast, you know, so many, so many topics that you've covered over the, over the yeah. time that you've, that you've done it, which is incredible. And, and, and again, certainly needed. And what would you say, you know, one of my favorite parts about your podcast is you don't just provide um, outcomes, like you don't just talk about, hey, if you're here, here's here's where you need to be, and then you, you hang up the podcast. Uh, yeah. Actually, you give steps, and you say, uh, you know, here's, here's different ways to overcome this, and you give... Um, you know, different packs and, and, and different things available for people to actually go and to make daily commitments and daily decisions of health and growth forward. Can you explain a little bit about, about those tools? Yeah. I mean, I think the reason, the reason, the reason uh, that we approach it that way is because that's how any, any kind of change works, right? You know, the, a phrase that I use pretty often with my clients is what's the smallest step you can take? Right, because usually we try to do things in kind of these big leaps. Right, we get we uh, do uh, New Year's resolutions or whatever. Where you say I'm going to change my whole life, and then two weeks in, you haven't done it, and you feel discouraged, and then you end up just going back to what you were doing. Right, but if we can do things in small steps that are manageable, and we can succeed at just the smallest step, that gives that's kind of a more strength based thing, right? Like, Oh, I've done this. I've accomplished this bit. I've got some wind in my sails to then do the next thing. Uh, and so we see a lot more success with that. And so, you know, uh, it's also in terms of thinking about people, you know, having, having been on kind of both sides of this thing, uh, I think oftentimes when it, it's presented as a simple here, just do these things, that's not only discouraging, but it also again, kind of doubles down, then I feel bad about feeling bad because I should be able to overcome this thing easily. I should be able to just stop doing this thing. I should be able to, uh, find more joy. Right. And, and I think we're kind of just adding layers of, of shame on top of people's already present pain. And so, you know, what we try to do is say, look, we're all human. We're all in progress. And if, if today you wake up and you, make it through the day and you've done maybe one thing, you've, you've had one more thought towards where you want to be than you did yesterday, then I want to celebrate that. Very and good. I want to say, Hey, that is a huge victory. What can we do tomorrow? And maybe it's that maybe you step backwards a little bit, but that doesn't invalidate the steps you've taken already, you know? And so if we can keep pushing and, and moving on this journey towards how do we improve, not in a moral sense, but how do we improve our lives towards where we want them to be, where we say, Hey, we're, we're healthy and whole. And that's what we believe God wants us to be. Then, then I think that that 
that's worth it, you know? It's beautiful, man. And I, I could I could certainly butcher this example, especially over a podcast where people can't see something. But but literally as you as you were talking, I was thinking about um, you know, if you're if you're walking over uh, a really shallow body of water, let's say a dock, right? And the dock connects one side of the lake or of the pond or whatever, all the way to the other side. As you're taking those steps forward, let's say that one day you fall off. Uh, you don't have to go to the front or the back of the dock and start your journey over again. You you can you can actually hop right back on where yeah, you left. Yeah and you fell into the water now get back up and stand right where you were and look back and see how far you've walked forward and continue to move forward and i think as you were speaking it's just Mm -hmm. i want to encourage man anyone that's listening you are not too far gone you you are not at a place where you've got a it's not it's not a video game where you got to go start over and then you got to defeat the big boss again and you got to do these things no you've fallen off now get back up and mm-hmm. continue to move forward man i think that is absolutely in, encouraging to hear and again you know what i love about yeah. your story robert is that you you're not just talking out of out of um, you know out of expertise you're talking out of experience and i think uh, for you to be able to share from your heart yeah. Uh, not just, you know, to people that obviously come to your sessions, but man, to really open that up on your podcast. Thank you, because I think this conversation is so needed. And I guess my final question for you here today would be, how would you personally, for someone that's obviously gone through these things as well, how have you been able to remain in faith, remain in church, despite some of these maybe misses that the church can't provide? And, and again, I'm not trying to bash by any means when I say that, but um, you know, for your own story, how have you been able to keep faith and church an integral part of your journey? Yeah, you know, I think that's definitely been a process. There's been times where uh, kind of the deconstruction of things felt like a loss of faith, and I think that that's a kind of a normal part of a lot of a lot of people's story, right? Where you say, "I was given these answers to things, these responses from a faith leader, and maybe they were." just kind of a pithy quote or what, you know, oh, you're anxious. Well, find joy in the Lord or, you know, these types of things that are theoretically helpful, but that, you know, when you're in the midst of it, aren't helpful. And to, to deconstruct some of those. And for me, it took kind of a long time of coming out on the other side and saying, what do I believe to be true about faith in general? What do I, what do I believe to be true about the character of God? And can I align that with what's happening here? And so if you say, well, I believe that you should be able to, you know, if you really have faith, you should be able to not feel anxious at any point in time. Well, then I'm going to say that I can't, I can't align that, you know, with my experiences. But if you say, Hey, uh, I believe in a God that is with you in your pain and that offers his presence, right? If we look at the story of Job and his friends try to explain away what happened, Oh, you just need to do this. You just need to do this. And God's busy. Or Job is busy, uh, complaining to God, right? Uh, not very nicely, quite, uh, quite a lot of the time. And at the end, God says, Hey, your friends did it wrong. You did it right. I'm not giving you any answers, but I'm here, you know? And to me, that is, that is a faith that I can hang on to where I say, look, I don't expect you to take everything away. I don't expect uh, that that uh, everything should be kind of a magical cure. 
I don't even, you know, view God as, well, he's given me this to teach me some kind of lesson, but I say, okay, he works through everything. That doesn't mean he gave me depression or whatever, right? But that there's something on the other side of this that he's going to, he's going to find a way to redeem it. But in the meantime, he's present in that pain. And that doesn't mean that he's abandoned me or that, you know, those types of things. Uh, And I think that that is a more tangible faith for me that I can say, hey, I can line that up with, uh, my experiences. And also if I look at, you know, scripture or whatever, cause somebody's going to say, well, your experience is what it is, but does that, you know, make sense theologically? I, I think that it does, you know, if I really dig into things. Um, and so uh, deconstructing kind of the simple answers, uh, and coming on the other side of, can I understand kind of the character of what I believe this God to be? Uh, I think, you know, that's oh, why I stayed. <laughs> Yeah, no. And I, again, I think it's like, it's, it's the blood of the lamb, the power of the testimony. You know, I think the other part of, of your story, maybe those that are listening that have had these mental health struggles. And again, I I say struggles lightly because I know for some people, it is not just a struggle. I mean, it is a absolutely paralyzing experience. And so again, I, I, I do not say this lightly, but your experience has brought you to a place where you can now look at someone in the eyes and you can speak hope because you've tasted and seen hope. And and you can speak a fresh life and a new life because you've tasted and seen a fresh life and a new life. And I just want to conclude, you know, for anyone that's listening that wants to maybe hear a little bit more, find out a little bit more about your podcast, about, um, you know, maybe they heard you speak today and they said, dang, like, this is hitting me exactly where I am in my journey. How can they uh, follow along on your journey? Uh, how can they uh, follow you on Twitter, Instagram, your your podcast, all that stuff? Can you just quickly just give a quick share on how to how to follow along with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, pretty much any social media. It's just at Robert Vore, or you can go to robert vorecom and that should have links to a lot of things. Or you can go to cxmhpodcast.com. That's cxmh uh, the intersection of church and mental health, right? CXMHpodcast.com. And that has links to all of, you know, all wherever you can listen to that and social media for that and everything. Awesome. And we're going to put all that stuff in the show notes as well, just so you guys can click and, and see everything that he's got going. But Robert, I just want to thank you again, man, for taking the time here with me today. Uh, again, little old me sitting in a vehicle uh, and uh, <laughs> was able was able to leave the AC on today because I learned from my past mistakes. So Robert, hey, thanks again, That's man, for, uh, for hanging. Everyone else, thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next time.